0: Alrighty, welcome in uh, to a loser podcast. Um, The Nashville Predators uh, are trash, as we have found out. Sorry, I shouldn't be so excited. Um, We haven't recorded in a few weeks. Uh, Life gets busy. Um, In the time that that we were gone, uh, we decided to go to Disney World instead of record, which I guess we could have recorded at Disney World, um, but we didn't. Um, and so we're here. We're through the qualifying rounds, um, and and we're glad that you guys are back listening. We have playoff hockey. It's right now as we record this. It is the the fourth intermission. It's in between the yeah. first and second overtime of the Boston and Carolina game one. Um, and uh, Heath, how you doing, man? Cole is at the beach, so Cole's not here. To record. Cole's
1: the beach. I'm still recovering from our thirty plus miles of walking.
0: Was it that many?
1: Yeah, it was like thirty-two. Wow. 24.
0: I Amelia got we got back and Amelia was like, I think I lost weight. And I was like yeah, I
1: lost weight. Wow. I, I remember when I weighed in yesterday at the workout place, I was like one eighteen and I left at like one twenty-four.
0: So we must have all lost some weight while at disney World, i mean
1: it helps that the fact that half their restaurants either close early or aren't open at all
0: that's true we did not eat as much as you normally do yeah you know, i really enjoyed a lot of our food but i guess that's not why the people are here but by the way if you're a fan of disney world right now is a really good time to go do you yeah. agree
1: yeah it's fantastic if you really like it you may as well go right now The, line. the less than one hour wait wait times
0: yeah, it's really nice. Uh, we ro- walked onto and Roller Coaster, which is like one of the most popular roller coasters there is, um, twice in 30 minutes. And it was awesome. It was like
1: less than 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. Um, but due to that, uh, being at Disney World, Heath and I, you know, normally we live in different places, so we don't always get to watch games together. Each night got to watch um, together the Columbus and Toronto games, that was fun. That was good. Because it was watching these these games that were were just an incredible um, – just incredible wins. What did you think of that Toronto-Columbus series? Before we get I into the spreads. I really enjoyed
1: it. Um, I mean, it, you know, it's kind of – Hey, say it's kind of funny for Toronto to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel bad for Freddie Anderson. Um, I'm just not sure what Toronto does because they're too good to be losing. Why
0: are. Let's talk about this for just a minute. I know we're going to get to the Preds in a minute, but we're upset that Nashville lost to Arizona. Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs stacked. Yeah. For stars.
1: Could it's it just be? Like, like, I mean, once. What is it? It's like they get under pressure and they just can't do anything outside of scoring, I guess, what they score, three goals or something in that game four for them, that force game five. They come back and win. But I mean, it's like they get into a playoff series, and or I guess this would be qualifying, but same similar idea of a series that has a certain amount of games. And they just can't do anything. They can get their goaltending, but they they don't get scoring or they do get it, but I don't – it's just not good. It's
0: it's crazy to me how pathetic um, that team is. I think that for Toronto, what, what their problem is, is they have a bunch of superstars. You have Marner, you have Nylander, you have uh, Matthews, you have Tavares. And then all your bottom line guys are a bunch of skill guys. And let's be fair for a minute. If you have a bunch of skill guys, none of them want to play structure. No, none of them want to play structure. And to win in the NHL, you have to be skilled and you have to have structure and, uh, yeah. and Toronto just has no structure.
1: Nope. And I mean, it's almost like, they're too good, but it's like it's almost like they're too good, but they're so good they can't be good. I'm not sure. It'd I don't, be, I don't, I don't know.
0: They probably need to trade Marner or Nylander probably for a defenseman. Yeah. Um, I don't know who they trade Marner or Nylander for. Um, you know, you could, you could go down the list of guys, uh, you know, let's trade – let's right now give them tourists and – as Nashville, let's give them tourists and and Ekholm for Marner. Um, No, we probably shouldn't do that. But uh, that whole idea of, hey, who do you go out and find? Um, Who needs a forward and is too loaded on on the defensive side of things? Uh, Toronto has to make a change. But we're not here to talk about the Maple Leafs as much as we would love – to do so in this game or in this podcast. Um, we're here to talk about Nashville. The Predators lose in four games. Couldn't even take it to five. To the Arizona Coyotes. That means they won one game and they lost three. Why is Nashville losing? I mean, and then getting the eleventh overall pick, by the way, because that was rigged. We'll get to that in a minute. But right. go ahead and why do you think Nationals losing? What did you see?
1: Uh, they just, I I think a lot of it is they're just the group that they're around is kind of, and this is a a weird word to put it as, it's kind of just stale. They're just kind of, they're they just don't look. It's almost like they're just bored. Um, and, A, they don't look good anyway. Um, but even on the defensive side of the puck, they don't look very good oh. outside of Roman Yosi, um, Ryan
0: Ellis looked decent.
1: He looked decent. but And then you've got on the offensive side, Arvidsson had actually a decent series for what he's worth.
0: Ar- well, and, and the thing about Arvidsson is I think that we saw that Arvidsson was hurt for a lot right. of And uh, and you see Arvidsson show up to play because he's always going to show up to play if he can. Um, we were frustrated with him. Well, it looks like he was hurt all year. Uh, you even saw Ryan Johansson play a really good series, and you saw Philip Forsberg play a good series.
1: <sighs> but other than that, they aren't getting production from people. And I think a big thing for Nashville is. You, you're not getting production from which Wis has been a, a thing for the last year, year and a half, out of Kyle Turris, but that's a, honestly another sector of this. A Matt Duchesne. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you get somebody that you're going to pay eight million dollars a seat a year for, and you expect him to produce, and he just doesn't produce. Why? What, what is? What is? Why does Matt Duchesne –
0: and and I'm I'm being he has potential. He was what number three overall pick. Um why is Matt Duchesne one of these guys that uh got paid eight million dollars um to do like what he does? Like, where do we get and I guess you have Kevin Hayes who got seven million, and Duchesne's obviously a bigger player than Hayes was, but what, what in David Poyle's mind caused him to go pay Matt Shane that amount of money, do you think? Man, I mean. Especially as a 29-year-old.
1: I, I guess because, oh, hello, Boston. Um,
0: oh, man, Boston just won the game. They take game one. I hate Boston, man. I hate him. It's dirty. I, can't stand. Um,
1: I guess, but honestly, I don't know. I mean, you look at his stats going back to when he was drafted and then went into Colorado. He had won 70-point season, and that was 2013-2014, 23 goals, 47 assists. Um, outside of that, he's never really broken past – this is a weird number to throw out there – about 59 outside of the 2010-2011 season where he had uh, 67 points. Um, other than that, he's averaging right around that 50, you know, that 50 to 58 point per year player. And then you look at his last season in uh, – or no, I guess his second to the last season in Colorado. His points totals were down, but that's obviously – Well, yeah, there was a reason for that. There are there some massive issues in the – organization with him um but then he goes into ottawa and does actually pretty good
0: yeah he went to ottawa Um,
1: and then he actually did i think fairly well going going into columbus um especially in the playoffs in 10 games 10 points yeah um but he comes here and he has 13 goals 29 assists 42 points with a minus four um in 66 games Now, obviously it was a weird season but for me it's just I'm not sure what's wrong with him, but and maybe he needs another year, but
0: well, I think the thing I struggle with is you look at you look at a team like Nashville who goes out and gets a guy like Matt Duchesne. You have Ryan Johansson who had an off year. In my opinion Matt or Ryan Johansson had some personal things going on in his life. Yeah. We know that he and his fiance broke off their wedding. That's not easy for anyone. As he's moving on, he's going to play better. I don't doubt that. He's a, he's a good player. Matt Duchesne has had good numbers, but, and I think this is where it goes back to every single time I, I think through this, um, unfortunately, is that I wonder how much of it, you look at Granlund on Duchesne's yep. wing. If Kevin Fiala is on his wing, is Duchesne producing more? Maybe. If Sam Girard is on your second line D pairing, and I don't know who that other second line winger would be, maybe you use Yarncroak, because Yarncroak has the ability, but you don't have Kyle Turris, I, uh, you see what I'm getting
1: at? Yeah, and the, the the troubling thing for me I'm seeing here, and I don't know if it – maybe it was the system level that ran when he was here, but it, the Predators, and outside of really Ryan Johansson, they go out and they go get Matt Shane, Mikhail Granlin, players like that, and they just die. Kyle Turris. I mean – you look at Kyle Grandline here. Okay, real real
0: quick. As we're as we're talking this, Duchesne gets 8 million a year this year. Players who were better than he was, Connor Brown, Brendan Gallagher, Anthony Sorelli, Clayton Keller, Tom Wilson, Max Domi. Tyler to Foley. those guys aren't making anywhere near the money that Duchesne is. And what I get nervous of is we talk about like Grandland and these guys that it's like cup, 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 give us a cup, give us a cup. And it's almost like you tossed everything out the window, you know, yeah. like, let's go sign the big name. That's what we need to do. Well, it's exciting, except for that you paid Matt Duchesne $8 million a year for seven years
1: in my opinion how is that any worse than the pk suban contract that was at nine million dollars a year granted suban was starting his d- decline anyway but they're both about the same age and obviously they're completely different players you got one a defenseman one and off a centerman but you know everyone's was like we're well, shutting cap to bring on Matt Duchene." okay great but then you basically go pay the same amount of money at minus one million for the same amount of time.
0: I think what we see here with Nashville, and, and I think you know we're sitting here talking about the Arizona series. We can talk about the Arizona series. That's fine. But what we saw in the Arizona series is what we saw all year long. Right. It was it was get shots on net, get shots on net, get shots on net. Nothing's good. You know Nashville all year long ran into a hot goaltender. No, they didn't. They just aren't shooting the puck well.
1: No, they they shoot. They may shoot the puck, but, I mean, you're, you're just tossing the puck on net. You're not and, – and the thing is, when they're tossing it on net, they aren't trying to generate a rebound. They aren't thinking that, hey, I'm on the right half board. Let me throw this on the ice and see if I can get a rebound to pop off the pad. But, no, we're going to throw it right into the goalie's chest. And then you just hold on to it all night. And that's I – mean, sorry, go ahead. But that's been the same thing for the last, I guess, really year and a half.
0: And I I think the thing we're struggling with, you and I, I know we've talked about this before, is the Nashville Predators right now are in a place where they have actually some pretty good talent. If you were to look at this team on paper, they should be good. But they're not. The coaching hire was wrong. I think we can go ahead and say this. You can look at the numbers. The coaching hire was incorrect. And I'm nervous that what David Poyle has done is constructed a team out of emotion and not thoughtfulness.
1: Because, I mean, I was going to mention, you know, Matt Duchesne's wanted to be in Nashville for years, right? They've been trying to get Matt Duchesne for years. And then they got their little hopes up. They actually could get him, and they're going to give him whatever he wants because, A, it's going to make him happy. It's going to make Poyle happy, and that solves the problem of, hey, we got the player we've wanted for five years now, no matter what happens. And I think you and I have both both noticed over the last five or six seasons and what you mentioned earlier just a minute ago, a lot of his – Poyle's tradings or signings or whatever have been – over this, um, what seems like some form of emotional attraction or past relationship with that player. You look at like a random Cody McLeod that came in. Um, I guess it was in the 20, what is this year, 2020? Yeah. So the 2018, 2019 year before yep. the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It just made no sense. Well, um, you played one game. Yeah. I mean, you gave up you a know, I just and, – and and I hate to say it, he works really hard. He's a good addition. Um, but a, actually, I'm not going to – I was going to say Rocky Ramaldi, but he actually had a really good season. But another one would be Austin Watson. Um, why are we signing him? Yeah. Why, are, why is Poyle signing a player who in 53 games has 14 points minus nine, doesn't hit anybody because he's not big enough?
0: Well – And and he used to hit people. Right. And does not anymore. Yeah. A guy who, by the way, went – you sign him. A guy who has had a 10-point season, a 17-point season, a 19-point season, a 16-point season, (laughs) and a 14-point season.
1: I just don't get it, you know,
0: yeah, sign that guy. let him take a roster spot for the and, and it's not even that I hate Austin Watson as no. a guy. I don't hate him on the team, but he's a roster spot he's twenty eight years old. He's signed for another three years. he'll be 32, 31. When his contract ends. And that's exactly what we need an old, washed up guy on the team who can get less than 20 points, let alone goals, points in a year. When in the prospect pool, you have Philip Tomasito, Rim Pitlick, you have Ellie Tolvenin. Those guys could all do better that's than what Austin Watson's doing. And so until Austin Watson says, yes, I'm going to play a physical part and I'm going to play well defensively, which by the way, he did in 2016, 2017, 2017, 2018, until he can be that again. Don't even talk to me about playing him. He's not worth no. it.
1: No. I mean, he did extremely well in that um, Stanley Cup final run they had even the following year. He, I mean, he does well at blocking shots, playing on the defensive side of the puck, and even scoring it when he wanted to, but now he's just – he's gone. And then I don't know what's – What's wrong with Poyle and his little well, – let's bring, you know, Billy and up and then send him back down and bring him up and send him back down. They won't bring anybody up. They never try anything different because they think the thing that they have is going to work. And he, re- I guess he thought a new head coach, as in John Hines, was going to fix all his problems and they were going to go make the playoffs and become a Stanley Cup champion this season, which obviously wasn't going to happen with John Hines. But, I mean, it's like they don't want – to. they don't want – any form of change, ever.
0: You know, I'm about to say something pretty profound. I don't think you can have Mikhail Granlund on this team next year. I don't think you can have Craig Smith. Um, I don't think you can re-sign either of them. I don't think you re Colin Blackwell. Nope. And are you ready for this? I think you buy out Kyle Torres.
1: I was just thinking the same thing. I don't know if you read the athletic article.
0: I skimmed it.
1: Um, with it, but I mean – you might as well, because if you look here, they've got here, um if they buy him out, the buyout cost is sixteen million. Which over. by the
0: way, this is a Adam Vingan article on the athletic.
1: Yes. So it's over from twenty twenty one twenty twenty to twenty twenty one through twenty twenty seven, twenty twenty eight season, which puts you at two million a year over the next eight years. Now or eight seasons, I guess. Um and he was stating that if the if with this coronavirus stuff and the salary cap staying where it's at currently. Um it's really not that bad. Um, but you're actually saving money. You just your buyout's gonna be longer than his actual contract. Um which is fine. Um
0: eight years, that's the problem. But fine. the or you have to have him for four more years and he's not he's
1: You can't he, have Kyle Turst take roster spots when he's not gonna produce. Here's
0: the other thing though I have faith Kyle Turris could go to almost any other team and produce.
1: Oh, I think so, too. I don't know what it is. It's like people come to Nashville and they just their careers come to die.
0: I mean, and maybe you hold on to him for another year and try to ship him off to Seattle.
1: Yeah, you could try.
0: Hit. Like say, hey, we'll give you a second rounder if you take Kyle Turris type cool. thing. And guess what? Kyle Turris would go to Seattle and
1: They're amazing, be incredible. I mean – he would go put up, I don't know, twenty goals and twenty assists. I don't, I don't know.
0: It's only forty points. Right. Which, by the way, is a lot less than a six million dollar player should be making.
1: Nothing that good either. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's just. It's not a bad thought at all, to buy him out. No, I. I mean, you look at his time in Ottawa. He was averaging. Uh, I'm not really good at math, so we're just going to average here. I'd say he was probably averaging 50 points a season. Nashville, he had 42, was his closest he's ever got, um, and that was in 65 games. And that was when he first came to Nashville, and he actually did very well for about the first month-ish. Month With and Biala. And who then,
0: you traded. Yep.
1: Why yep. do you trade your youth? That makes no sense. And then he came 2019, 2020, 31 points, nine goals, 22 assists, 62 games. I just don't get it. But now this – and another thing you mentioned there is youth, this team isn't getting younger. I mean, you've got players in their, in their prime here at 28 years old, 29, 30, and some 27, but you've got people in the HL just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. I, I mean, I don't know what's wrong – what's so bad about trying these other guys out, but they just don't like change.
0: I just saw a statement from Nick Benino that he he made um, a little bit ago, a couple hours ago. This year, just watching the series, I think we showed up. We played hard. We had a better system. Everyone individually played better. Obviously, it wasn't enough what we did, but I think we're all happier how we played, but not the end result. Nick Benino.
1: I like Nick Benino. I think he plays extremely well. But you know what? This has been the same message since I lost this pl- this qualifying series. We played well, but we lost. But we're happy because we played well. Okay, you can play wh- – you can play you – can, you can shoot 75 shots, play extremely well, go lose the Stanley Cup final, but you're going to be happy that you played well? It's a loser attitude. I, I mean, if that's what it's come down to, scrap everything, get everybody off and find a new hockey team. A hundred percent. I, I have gotten
0: to a point and obviously I love going to the games to watch hockey. Yeah. I love sitting down and I'm watching. Hockey. I love well. cheering for a team, but this team with their attitude is very hard to cheer for. And I think it starts in the front office and goes all the way down. Well, just get some wins. Good job, David Boyle, most winningest GM in the history of the NHL, except you've never won a Stanley cup. Really? You care? You're the losingest GM in the NHL history
1: because you've won that many games and can't get over the hump. And, you know, I don't get it. I mean, it's like they're content with being average. Yeah. And, and if that's what they want to be, that's fine. And I, I'm not trying to get into ticket pricing. That's stupid, but. If you want to be an average hockey team, then don't raise my ticket prices every year, which is a stupid thing to talk about on here right now. But, I mean, that's a serious thing when you're going to start losing season ticket holders every year. I mean, I'm not going to stop buying tickets, but, I mean, that's a serious
0: A casual season thing. ticket holder will stop buying tickets.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you don't actually go – if you go just because, hey, it's something to do, it's entertainment, fun, fun – You will stop buying tickets, but if you if you're like you and I that go actually to watch the hockey, then you probably won't. But this whole hype for the last seven years of Nashville, everybody's Nashville, Nashville, Nashville this, Nashville that, Predators hockey, blah 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 blah, blah. has basically died out. We saw it this season. The attendance has not been very good anyway.
0: Sellouts were right sellouts
1: because they sold out, but they just the
0: the worst is when people buy tickets and. Don't show up because they don't care.
1: I mean, but you know what's bad is that t- it used to be where if I didn't make a hockey game or if I didn't watch a game or if I didn't listen to a game, I was actually mad at myself. But I've gotten to the point where, hey, if I miss the game, I don't care. What's the point of watching if you're going to be watching a team that doesn't care if they lose? Yeah. And then and I guess, but it's so hard for them to make a change, especially. With Poyle, but I think the hard question is, I don't. I just don't know.
0: I think that, and unfortunately, Duchenne has a no-move clause. Poyle got weak. Yeah, either that, or it's it goes into effect later in his career. I
1: thought he had one too, but CapFriendly doesn't show one.
0: Uh, let's look at it. I think it's later in his. Is it? It's already twenty twenty three, so you could trade him right now. You um, could
1: trade him for the, within the next two seasons, I guess. Honestly, yeah, I, I, I would try to get rid of him. I mean, I would, and that's I would I would give him another season to see what he does, or half a season. But if he doesn't produce and he ends up like a Kyle Turris, you've got to get rid of him as soon as possible, because you can't have the image of Matt. Duchesne basically stain him to where you can't get rid of him.
0: I don't know if there's – we might be looking at a full rebuild before we ever see winning hockey again. Oh, yeah.
1: I don't know who wants a Matt Dushane at $8 million a year.
0: No one. It would have been better if he'd gone to Montreal. Just kidding. I love having him in town. I love Matt as a guy but we need him to start producing and at the now you never know it always takes him a little bit to get settled in next year he could come out and be a beast and it's like oh what are we saying um real quickly i think we could go on and on about nashville uh let's let's look at the playoffs real quick uh as of right now vegas has a one to nothing series lead on chicago uh Calgary has a one-to-nothing series lead on Dallas. Tampa has a one-to-nothing lead on Columbus. And Boston has a one-to-nothing lead on Carolina. Um, You also have the series that haven't played yet, Arizona and Colorado, St. Louis and Vancouver, Montreal and Philly, Washington and the Islanders. Of all these series, which one is most intriguing to you?
1: Honestly, I really like this Capitals Islanders series. Yeah, um, out of nowhere. I also really like the the uh, St. Louis and Vancouver series.
0: I those are two that I Um Who do you think's gonna win the Islanders Cap series?
1: I I picked the Islanders, so I have to go with the Islanders. Um, uh, I think they can do it, but. Mm. The Capitals are really, really good. So
0: Yeah, but the Islanders have incredible structure.
1: They do. So, I, I like the Islanders in the series. Um, I think the thing that kind of puts the Capitals in front a little bit is probably because they do have a proven goaltender in Braden Holtby. He yeah. hasn't had a very good season, but you've also got Ovechkin there. Um, and we know how he can be. So Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a kind of a toss up, but I would would really like to see the Islanders win. So, I mean, I, I, I like the Islanders there, but like I said, you can't count the Washington Capitals out.
0: I would agree with that um, significantly. Um, for me, uh, I have the Avalanche winning this thing, which means I'm probably very wrong. Uh, but I have Avalanche beating the Hurricane, which... Man, it's going to be unfortunate if the Bruins beat the Hurricanes. I, I, hurricanes, however you say it. Uh, I thought the Hurricanes would, would come back and beat Boston, get their revenge, um, because Boston looks so bad in qualifying. Boston's so dirty and so cheap, I can't handle it. I really hate Boston.
1: See, I've got two different brackets, but I think the one I'm going to stick to is I've got the Blues winning – which we know won't happen. But, I mean, my other one has the Islanders winning, so.
0: Okay, you're a psychopath is what I'm hearing. Um, <laughs> all righty. Well, I'll tell you what. I would love to go through and break down every series. Here's the problem. I don't think it's worth it. It's not. Because that's so unpredictable.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's, it's just so hard to pick right now.
0: All right, real quickly, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go through name the series, choose a team. We're not going to break it down, we're going to go quick. Vegas, Chicago. Vegas. Uh, I also have Vegas, Colorado, Arizona. Colorado. Dallas Calgary. Calgary. I'm right now we're equal. St. Louis, Vancouver.
1: Vancouver.
0: I also chose Vancouver.
1: Uh, that's in my Islanders one.
0: <laughs> Which okay. All right, Uh, moving on, we have the same picks all the way through. Actually, we're not going to do this yet. All right, East, Philly, Montreal. Philly. Philly, same here. Tampa and Columbus. (laughs) Columbus. I have Tampa. It's not going to happen again. Washington and the Islanders. Islanders. Same here. And, uh, And Boston, Carolina. Boston. And I have Carolina. Those are our picks as we go into it. If you listen this far, thanks for listening. Heath, any closing remarks?
1: Nope. There were five overtimes in the the Tampa Bay game last night. Oh,
0: yeah. There were five overtimes. Intense, amazing, dramatic, all that type of thing. Um, Lasted way too long. Uh, The other thing I will say is this. We were in Magic Kingdom when the Preds lost game four. And it was so much better to be in Magic Kingdom to witness a loss than sitting on your couch.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: So I recommend if your team's in an elimination game, just go to Disney World and watch it there. That'll work out, and you'll be happier. Yep. All righty. Guys, thanks for listening. Um, If you listen this far, we really appreciate you. And we'll see you next time.